0: four o'clock football frenzy
1: hey, you me so hot down there.
0: presented by dustin Dehart of nova home loans call him now at 702 577 2600 the four o'clock football frenzy on cofield and company, company.
2: Four o'clock hours here. We go until six today. We'll be going into the Raiders game. So come on down. This is our Monday night football home. Here is Twin Peaks on Eastern. We'll be here all season long on Mondays. Real good local spot. Uh, Happy hour is two to seven and nine to close. You don't always find that. Beer is less than four bucks. Apps, $2, $4, and six bucks. And then uh, full bar, super cold beer, 27.3. Oh, super cold, super cold. And specials on uh, Miller and Coors products. So they got specials on everything here. They, they, they get it right. And uh, if you live on the east side, if you live on the west side, come on over. I would advise not going near the stadium tonight unless you're going to the game. Right, Candy? Huh. <laughs> <laughs> ha! That area, that area could be. Although we have good friends hanging out over at uh, Crazy Horse 3. Gooch is over there tonight from Comp 92.3. Um, just start your way over there. Now, but if you're on this side of town, south side of town, Twin Peaks is a really good spot.
1: Oh, I mean, the, in in shouting distance of a few of our houses around here, and a place that is always jammed. And by the way, um, that ice cold beer—way better than the alternative.
2: Yeah, yeah. Believe me, I've been in plenty of places that uh, unfortunately didn't didn't have that the, 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 all the equipment working. There's nothing. More of a bummer than walking in on a nice hot day like this, and you're like, wait, the beer's not cold, cold, cold. You don't have that problem here at Twin Peaks. Crunch, crunch. So if you haven't heard it, uh, big news in college football, two games into the season, Southern Cal embarrassed yesterday by, check that two days ago, by the loss against Stanford. Clay Helton is out. We'll see what kind of search they get into. You know, it's funny, when Koken was talking about it, he mentioned one thing that I would absolutely fear, although I think this AD gets it and comes from a college background. We've had some of the ADs of the past just not know what they're doing. There's always that fear, Candy, for me when you have a school that's produced a lot of big names that have gone on in the NFL and coached in the NFL. Like, if I see Jack Del Rio and Jeff Fisher on the candidate list, I'm not happy if I'm a Trojan fan.
1: I mean, it can't be Jeff Fisher because you can't go 7-9 and nine in college. It's not possible. Um, but overall, SC needs to think a lot bigger than is he a Trojan. It's the same thing we get with, with Michigan. Oh, is he a Michigan man? Who cares? Can he coach? Yep. Does he have a track record? That's it. And if you're a program the size of USC, with the ambitions of USC, why would you ever limit the qualifications down to, well, they have to have gone to our school? It doesn't make any sense.
2: I would offer... Twenty million dollars a year. I would offer a ten-year, two hundred million dollar contract. I don't care that one of the guys is like sixty-seven. I would offer ten years and two hundred million dollars. They have the money to both Nick Saban and Dabo Sweeney. What's the worst that happens? Both of them get a raise at their place, and you screw over those schools. Yeah, so, neither one. Yeah,
1: neither one of them's leaving, of course. But you know, uh, look, let me get you to weigh in on everyone's favorite Twitter rumor because, of course, Jacksonville's now own one. And Urban Meyer Don't tell is me, please, no. Urban no, no. Meyer is a college football head coach trying to swim in the NFL, not finding a lot of oxygen in the water thus far. But I have seen more Urban Meyer memes today than I ever cared to see for any reason. But now that USC is open, people are saying Big Herb is going to ditch Jacksonville, and go to LA.
2: Do we bring up? Do we dare bring up the name of uh, Mr. Character from college football coaching past? In a similar situation, remember Lou Holtz giving the Jets a try? I was mm-hmm. like, eh, not for me. Mm-hmm. Could he pull a Lou Holtz and just get the hell out or whatever? I, I can't even I can't even remember which order it came down in with Bobby Petrino going back and forth to jobs, but I guess he could pull a Petrino and bail, bail, bail.
1: Calipari, Patino. <laughs> n- n- name your guy. I'm saving for what it's worth. Uh, come on. Come on home. Come on back. You know what? And and if he did it, it would be ridiculous, but it wouldn't be that out of character, and it wouldn't be that out of step with what we would expect, right? Because in the end, Urban Meyer is a college coach. He is built for the college environment. He is built to be Pope Urban, to be unquestioned, and that's not going to happen in Jacksonville when you are getting your rear end kicked by the ghost of Tyrod Taylor.
2: Fantasy football's fun, but it's fantasy. And, yeah, I might have griped yesterday after starting Raheem Mostert in one of my leagues. You know what you're buying, right? Raheem Mostert is off injured. My first thought wasn't to go to social media and try to attack him or his family, but I guess apparently people did that. So his wife was pleading with folks, cut it out.
1: Guys, gals, anybody who plays fantasy run through this checklist. Would I say it to his face? No. Do I think he got injured on purpose? No. Do you think Raheem Mostert wants to be the poster child for not being able to stay on the field? No. But he is. And this is what you risk, and this is why you play, and it's called a game. It's called betting for a reason. It's called playing a game for a reason. You have risk. Stop it.
2: Well, you'd like to tell his wife, listen – A lot of this is just anonymous nonsense. It's people without the stones to even put their name on it. And those who will put their name on it, they're idiots. She wrote, it's days like today where I truly contemplate not getting on social media again, as if today wasn't hard enough to get on here and have direct messages about how my husband should kill himself, about how he should be cut, and on and on and on, Um, how he's made of glass. I know I shouldn't care, but wow, 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 the nasty things that some of you carelessly say is gut-wrenching. I don't think you all get it. It's my husband's job. It's how my family eats. To reach it's heartless integrating comments about a person I love hurts. But, you know, when you say that, does it register anyone who's a moron enough to say your husband should kill himself because he suffered a football injury? Are they going to get the message, cut it out? Probably not.
1: No, and she actually hit the main point right there at the beginning. Sometimes I contemplate getting off social media. <laughs> uh, I nuked my Facebook years ago. I nuked my Instagram probably a year ago, and I haven't looked back for a moment. Go ahead, Mrs. Mostert. Do what you got to do. Coming up next, we go out to the stadium. Adam Hill,
2: Gofield & Company, is on the scene. We'll find out about the uh, last-minute actives and inactives. We do know that no cleave furrow from the Raiders is a bit of a shocker.
0: Dustin DeHart of Nova Home Loans brings you the 4 o'clock football frenzy. Dial 702 577 2600 now. Home prices have never been higher and interest rates have never been lower. Get your mortgage tune up today by calling 577
2: 2600. No, he's, uh, I don't think he's going to play, but um, he's getting better. I think there's a good chance of play. In the next game, but in the the time being, uh, we'll we'll let them get well and and, uh, hope for the best.
0: What's going on with the Raiders? Adam Hill's got you covered. It's time to go behind the patch only on Cofield and Company.
2: I love going behind the patch. Adam Hill, our man on the scene, game's up here in less than 90 minutes. Just watching uh, Darren Waller on the TVs here at Twin Peaks. Looks good. Old man, 29 years old. Old man. The good
1: old days, Candy. The good old days. I do not uh, remember 29. Don't even I've, mention it.
2: Man, I've, every once in a while, but I'm so forgetful I can barely remember uh, some whatever it is. I'm not going to do the math. 22 years ago. Adam Hill is out at the Al. What's up, Adam?
3: Not much. Uh, getting ready to count down. Been here a while and uh, watching the people filter in. It's going to be a, a big night in Las Vegas.
2: Wait, you sound like you're in the stadium in the press box. How are you not in the middle of all the action with all the fans?
3: Uh, well, I was before. I went down there and checked it out, but we're getting closer to game time now, so you know, got to get ready, got to get focused. It's a uh, you know, it's a work night, guys. So can't be down there among the craziness. But there is a lot of partying going on down there already. You can tell outside it was crazy. Walking in here, uh, I walked in here a little bit before one o'clock, and it was a madhouse outside. Shots flowing and yep. food on the grill. It was crazy. Uh, right.
2: We 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 brought up a note from NHP about rideshare being warned not to drop people off on the 15? Um, is that something you do? Do you, do you just park your car there and jump over the wall? Like I, When I saw that, I was like, where would you
3: drop anyone off? Well, I mean, I think it stopped, right? And I, I can, I'm looking out. I can't really tell exactly how the roads are situated, but when you can look out that window that's at the north side of the stadium, yeah. it looks like 15 is down to, like, one lane. Oh, no. So I think that they're trying to control traffic in that way. Uh, but the problem is, and that's the access road on the side. It's a really weird stretch of the road, right, where you have made I-15 then you have the access road. So I, I don't know what's going on there. It looks like chaos. Uh, I We've told people time and time again, how long have we been talking about this? Do not take I-15 to the games. Nope. Do not. You get to the west side of town. Drive in from that way. That's how you do it. And people ignore it. And, yeah, I, I imagine, you're in the rideshare. Here's the other problem. You're, the clock's running, right? There's like in a cab, so... I guess people would want to get out, and they don't want to just sit sit in that line for that long. But, yeah, that's dangerous. Uh, Let's double down on that. Sometimes, you know, edicts like that are kind of silly. But, yes, do not get out of the ride chair on I-15. That's a good message to everybody.
1: Thank you. Thank you for that public service announcement, Adam. Um, Speaking of, you said uh, shots were flowing. Did you mean alcoholic shots or COVID-19 vaccines (laughs) outside the stadium? I mean, good point. Both uh, we saw it happening. We also saw the protests going on outside.
3: Um, when I got here, there was not very many. I was told a lot more have assembled uh, in our, you know, in our uh, out there protesting. Just stop it. Um, it's, it's silly. It's ridiculous. Stay away. We don't need extra traffic of people that are come down, coming down here that just cause problems. Uh, but, yeah, the shops were outside. There were at the big tent. I saw that going on. Uh, you could have come down and uh, verified your vaccination status the last couple of days. You don't have to do it right at the gate. Um, they've got all the different ways to go. Uh, like I said, it's tough for me to say. I, I went back outside around three o'clock. It was getting a little bit crazier. Uh, I imagine it's nuts now, but I'm not going anywhere near the outside of the stadium right now, so I can't tell you.
2: Adam Hill was with us. Wait, double down on that? Did I miss you already say it? Is, or is it a what is it? The fully vaccinated protest?
3: Uh, press box? Yeah, the whole stadium.
2: No, no, no. What's the protest outside for?
3: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the uh, mandates, the the vaccination and the and the mass mandates I and saw everything that. else. So.
2: Uh, When I drove by, I I saw the American flags, and I was like, is there some sort of union dispute? What's going on (laughs) here? So people are angry about the fully
3: vaccinated status. All right. Yeah. Which is good. A bunch of unvaccinated people gathering. That's a good idea.
2: (laughs) Right. Uh, Let's get into uh, who's playing, who's not. We heard Gruden coming back, talking about uh, Richie Incognito, your guy. So no incognito. What does that mean on the offensive line?
3: So John Simpson in for Richie Incognito, which certainly hurts the depth. Uh, but it also means that John Simpson is thrust into a big role. Like, they're they're confident in him. They think he's going to take a big step forward. Let's face it, he sucked last year, especially as a pass blocker. He was terrible. So he has a long way to go. I think he's much, much better in the run game than he's given credit for, uh, and that's what they're going to want to do a lot. I think they want to run the ball and keep that Ravens offense off the field, but it's going to be tough splitting anyway. And now, you know, you have the one big stalwart. You know, you have Colt Miller and Richie Incognito. I think they're relying on that left side to kind of carry that right side as they get up to speed. And now, you know, the left guard is out. So, John Simpson's in, the depth is hurt, and a lot of pressure on John Simpson, even more so than those other guys who have a little bit even more experience than he does.
1: On the other side of the line, I think the one that is getting the most attention, Adam, is Cleveland Furrell not being in the lineup (laughs) inactive. Uh, The number four overall pick from uh, two years ago is not going tonight. Do you have any more information about what's up there? So, this
3: is going to be a really tricky situation, I think, after the game to monitor. Cleefo uh, was listed on the injury report all week, but he was listed as full participant. He has a back injury. There was no injury designation. So they're in a tough spot. I don't think they want to come out and say, hey, he's a healthy scratch, like when he was your fourth overall pick from two years ago, and you don't want to kind of admit that you you've put him on the shelf. But at the same time, you can't really come out and say he's injured because you didn't put him on the injury report with a designation at all. So they're in a tough spot for what they say. I'm going to monitor exactly the wording uh, that they use after the game for that because I'm very interested in how they play that out. But as of now, it appears that he is a healthy scratch, which is not a good sign for you know how they've drafted over the last couple of years. They've already lost you know the two third-round picks from last year, not even on the team, but never played a snap. And now you've got your fourth overall pick since years ago, who's a healthy scratch in the first game of the season. That's not a good sign.
1: And we had some indication of this, Adam, by the fact that, that Cleaver was playing a lot during the preseason. Yeah. I don't know that any of us thought it would get to this stage, right? No, because we—I mean—we thought that they still looked at him
3: as a valuable part of the Too much they do. I mean, he's still here. It's not that like they cut him. Um, but we thought, you know, they—they they talked about how excited they were for him to be kind of that second wave of defensive line, where they would have the starters, the big names, and and and, and Crosby. Then you rotate in, uh, you know, your calm Nassib and your Cleefurl and, and and passing situations, and even. You know, in running situations, he's got a second line of depth because the defensive line is so important to this Gus Bradley defense, and now he's just scratched, which it is It's just crazy to think about it. That means, for me, I think a lot more Solomon Thomas outside. Uh, he looks, he got a guy that played both inside and outside. I think they look at him more as an inside guy here, but he'll play outside in this defense tonight and certainly has the talent. We know, you know, he was picked right around the same area that Cleve Pearl was in the draft uh, a couple years earlier, so, you know, he's got ability, and I think that they're excited about what he can do, but... It is just—it is just a bad sign that you know that is is scratched, and uh, that's obviously the big talk in the press box when it just came out a couple minutes ago.
1: Also taken in the first round in that draft, Josh Jacobs. There was some question about whether he would be able to go. Josh Jacobs is in tonight for the Raiders, uh, do you expect this to be a game where John Gruden tries to pound it with Josh Jacobs and kind of keep Lamar Jackson off the field, or, or do you think they're going to try to score with the Ravens and open things up a little bit? I mean, I think they'd prefer, if you'd ask
3: them their ideal scenario, I think their ideal scenario would be a run with Josh Jacobs, keep that offense off the field, and control the game. I mean, that's kind of what the Raiders want to do anyway. That's what they want their identity to be. Uh, but at the same time, you've got the illness uh, to Josh Jacobs. You've got some questions along the offensive line. And now I think the bigger story, is you look on the other side, right, the Ravens, we know what they can do up front. They're very talented, and their secondary is incredibly good, except Marcus Peters is out for the year. Jimmy Smith, by the way, also a scratch tonight. He's hurt. So they're missing both of their best cornerbacks. I would think the best way to attack would be through the air, uh, to try to throw the ball, to test those corners, the backup corners for the Ravens. Uh, But at the same time, you you have some questions in the receiving core. So there's a lot of really intriguing matchups here. Uh, I, I think that the Raiders are less likely probably to try to give Josh Jacobs you know, 25 carries. I think they'll limit his workload. Don't forget he also had the toe issue this week. So illness, toe issue, Uh Drake will be a lot more involved, I think. I don't think you see the, the overwhelming workload for Josh Jacobs tonight.
2: Adam Hill over at Allegiant. We're getting ready for the kickoff of Monday Night Football here in town. I know you were busting chops about it earlier with uh, one of your coworkers about her excitement. I know Candy's very excited about it. We have a tendency to kind of poo-poo and normalize everything here in town. This is pretty incredible. We, we're all longtime locals of sorts, you know, going 25 years back, Adam Hill. Um, it's pretty nuts that so we've got a Monday night football game with 65,000 fans basically on the south end of the strip across from the Luxor and Mandalay.
3: Yeah, I mean, I feel it. Right? I mean, how could you not? It's, uh, it's a moment that we never thought, you know, coming up here being in the sports world in Las Vegas for as long as we have. We never thought this was going to happen, and now it's happening. Now, Of course, there was NFL games last year. We understand that, but this is different. There's fans here. There's all the hoopla, the spectacle. You know, you're, you're glad Knight singing the anthem, and you're, you know, uh, I just saw a little bit ago Bruce Buffer from the UFC walk around. I think he's going to do some sort of UFC intros for the games tonight. Like, it, it's it's very Vegas, and it's very NFL. It, it's a cool moment. Um, I just can't allow people to have that sentimentality, as you know.
2: I know. I know. We let Buffer back in Vegas after he yeah. uh, turned his back on Vegas and did one of his intros at a, a Reno game. By the way, he was he, he did the Bears Rams last night. Uh, no, didn't Michael do it last night? Oh, it's Bruce. Yeah. Oh, uh, Bruce is fine. Yeah. Okay. If it's Michael, yeah. Eh, get out. He's the one who <laughs> turned his back on us and went up to Reno and and did his pregame now. Okay. Now, yeah, okay. Yeah. Then I'm I'm into it. I'm into it. Um, talk about some of the other. Pre-game, in-game, entertainment.
3: Uh, we'll, we'll see. I mean, it, it, there's going to be a lot of you know Vegas, Vegas-like stuff. Uh, you know, that's going to be going on. You're going to have your your halftime performance and everything else going on around here. And the governor is here to cut the ribbon. And uh, I know your your favorite person, Brian Sandoval, uh, here doing the pre-game ceremony. I just saw downstairs getting ready to do a oh, uh, a little bit of a cutting. Uh, now, now, guys, uh, so now Sandoval, Sandoval's that. all
2: pro Vegas now, huh? Okay, interesting.
3: <laughs> exactly. He's exactly school! In. What What, Are you taking something? Seriously. Are you mad? Yes, I,
2: yes I, I am mad. I am. I take this <laughs> seriously. I love. I love the North South rivalry. <laughs> I, I, really, I really, do. I know. I'm just screaming. Well, I, you know what? Uh, Twin Peaks has really great ambiance and acoustics, so I'm going to try to test out the wooden beams here. We're here for yeah, NFL football. I'm jealous. I, well, you'll be here eventually. Um, all right, give me a pick on the game because I know for the longest time you kind of you were laughing at the possibility that the Raiders could really slow down Lamar Jackson and this awesome running game, but the running game has taken a bunch of hits. So what happens tonight?
3: Yeah, I think KJ Wright changes a lot of that too. Um, I expect to see four defensive linemen, KJ Wright, and six defensive backs a lot from Gus Bradley tonight. I think that's how he's going to attack uh, this offense. Uh, I'm a lot more confident about the Raiders' ability to keep this game close than I was two weeks ago. Um the, the secondary injuries on the Ravens are much, much bigger to me than the running back injuries that they have. Uh, so I think the Raiders will be able to move the ball through the air. Uh, Richie Incognito being out is tough. Uh, they need Simpson to actually really step up as a pass blocker. But I think the game's close. I think it comes down to a field goal. And um, I do favor the Ravens to win, but I think it's
2: 27-24. All right, Adam. Have fun tonight. I will try. That was a good answer. We know how hard that is for him for him to try and have fun i tell you what candy yesterday uh adam hill was just beside himself positively he actually used the word that he was chipper at uh 755 in the morning sunday morning at the westgate because of the beginning of the nfl season so every once in a while he's over the top happy
1: wait a minute like wood chipper i can imagine like like anger like like like, i'm ready i'm ready to grind. grind like that that's the only chipper i can imagine from adam hill Coming
2: up, we'll get to a little more college football. I've got to talk about that Oregon-Ohio State game, and I'll get to the latest on uh, what happened. You guys all saw it, but what happened with UNLV at Arizona State and the aftermath with Doug Brumfield, who if uh, the Rebels are going to really compete with Iowa State, they got to have their starting quarterback.
0: Join the conversation on Twitter at ESPN Las Vegas.
1: I'm taking the bomb at center to be driving it up the middle with Goodwin all day long. And I'm taking the i guys to win this football game all day long.
0: Hanging at Twin Peaks for Monday Night Football, it's Cofield and Company. That was the voice of Ashton
2: Kutcher. Ari pulled that one for us. Very enthusiastically Choosing the Hawkeyes, which that was a good pick, especially by the number. Ari, did Ashton Kutcher pick with his heart or his head? Which school is he a fan of? I'm going to go with his head. Okay. So he's actually a fan of Iowa State? I'm not sure. I honestly, all I heard was Kelso the whole time. Like he sounded exactly like that 70s show character. That's
1: all I could think about. When he was talking, yeah.
2: I can see Candy pecking away at the keyboard. Go ahead, Candy, do what Ari was supposed to do.
1: Is that what you want me to do? Because I was actually making bets.
2: No, I, oh, yeah. I already now I already looked it up. Yeah, yeah he start. actually he's a uh, he's a graduate of Iowa, Ashton Kutcher. Candy, you should have faded out the rejoin for me so I could look
1: that up. I'm listen. The, uh, Believe me, if I we have to, to we will eventually. Hey. Um,
2: interesting that he's an Iowa guy. And he picked the Hawkeyes. Do you remember the last time we talked about Ashton Kutcher and his uh, gal pal, Mila Kunis, on the show? Candy, any clue? you remember what the topic was? I have no idea. They came out about two months ago, and they were on a podcast with Dax Shepard. And Dax Shepard, what's his wife's name? The Broadway lady, commercial lady, what's her name again?
1: Dax Shepard? Isn't it Kristen Bell?
2: Yeah, Kristen Bell. And... They all have this like cabal of preaching that you shouldn't shower a lot, especially your kids, unless they're real dirty. Showering's bad for the kids because it takes the oil off their skin. So we come full circle. Like people remember that because when when I saw it, I was like, these people smell, right? And I've always, you know, self self deprecating here, but I have a schnoz and it works, and I am smell sensitive. Like I'll 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 have to admit this one. It was sweaty down at Arizona State. It was like 100, and, man, I think I might have smelled a little bit on the bus. I feel bad for people, but I, I was sweating. And I'm not a smelly sweater, but it was, I was really sweaty anyway. So that Ashton Kutcher thing about they don't take a lot of showers, he went to Iowa. The Iowa crowd before he made the pick, minutes before, was chanting, take a shower at him. Let's the- all do it. You ready? Do we do it Belichick style and, and screw up the rhythm?
1: No, no, no. We, we, no, we, we can do this for real. Let's do it. Let's go. I
2: hope that there's at least one person listening who will be at Allegiant this Saturday who over that front row will be yelling at me, take a shower. I want the same chant because I admitted there may have been a little stank after the Arizona State game.
1: On three. One, two, three. Take a, Take a shower, shower. Cofield. Oh. <laughs> Sorry, I had to make that. Uh, Let's do it Belichick style.
2: Take a shower, shower. Cofield. Remember I, when
1: Bill Belichick tried to
2: tried his chant?
1: Cut that meat. Cut that's, that meat. Cut he, he, that. See, that's listen. multi-purpose, though, because if, that's if an I, unbelievable commercial, yes. and it's a man who has three slicers in his home that I'm talking to. Oh, yeah.
2: Oh, if I got that chant. It's the dream. It's the dream. This is, the, the st- by the way, this is,
1: sick, like, not, we didn't even have the intro on this, but I'm declaring this the worst fat pack ever.
2: <laughs> there's no fat pack today. We just, Sweat everything turned. slicing. Uh, you know everything that turned- is. Well, that's a good point. That's a real good point. I haven't had that happen. I, uh, no surprise, the uh, Casa de Cofield is chilled very low, so there's never a case where I'm, even if I'm doing, like, seven different meats and cheeses in a row, then I'm starting to sweat over the meat or cheese.
1: I warned you, by the way. I warned you. I have spent plenty of time in Sun Devil Stadium yeah. and down in Tempe. I warned well, you that you were going to be a sweaty mess, and you are like, I don't think I'll be that bad. Yeah. Yeah, you were pitted out, weren't you?
2: Um, you're right. I guess the alternative would have been at least one extra shirt to change into an extra shirt. At halftime?
1: Remember how we uh, talked in the preseason about uh, Alex Mack moving over from the Falcons to the uh, San Francisco 49ers and all of his butt sweat? And the fact that Matt Ryan used to make him change pants at halftime because he he was just sweating so much from the rear end? I think we should have had some sort of of backup plan for you, Cofield. We should have had something ready for you at halftime, just another – Another, like, uh, you know, Carl from Aqua Teen Hunger Force T-shirt that you could have uh, put over <laughs> you.
2: Um, I noticed there were a lot of shirtless dudes at Sun Devil Stadium. And then there were uh, a lot of the co-eds like the half shirts. I, I was gone that way. Why didn't no, you go that I, way? You could
1: have gone half shirt. A half shirt, yeah. You could you could have gone, yeah, you could have gone half shirt. I mean, like, look, it's it might just be a little bit of uh, function over form, but why not?
2: Think Nate
1: Newton in a half shirt. Oh, that's, yeah. That, that's me on Mi- the sidelines. Minus all of the drug running, right?
2: <laughs> you don't know. I might, have, I might have a U-Haul filled with 480 pounds of uh, whatever he yeah, had weed or something else.
1: Love it. Love we it. Radio doesn't pay like it used to. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly.
2: Listen, you know, you got to get by. Uh, so UNLV winds up losing to Arizona State. They're down 14-10 on the third. You can kind of see things. Starting to fade a little bit physically. Then uh, Doug Brumfield, I mean, love the kid, and he runs aggressively. But, Doug, you're six-five. you got to get down in some cases. Now, it worked out because he had a somersault on a touchdown run, but he had a sideline run where he, he tried to get extra yardage, and they just freaking teed off on him. He wound up leaving the game. He wasn't in real good shape. And today at the availability with Marcus Arroyo, I asked him about uh, Brumfield and where he is now.
1: Yeah, he's day-to-day. Um, he did stay overnight there
2: in Arizona uh, for us to make sure he was okay. Um, but he's day-to-day. We hope to see him him progress tomorrow. Um, so that's where we're going to go with that tomorrow. We'll see how he feels tomorrow. If not, we'll have uh, those guys all locked in, all the way from, from Doug to Cam to the rest of the group um, and see what we can do. So excited to see what he looks like today when he gets back in here and, and gets in treatment. I should have followed up on that, Candy, because he said from Doug to Cam I didn't hear Justin Rogers. I didn't hear Tate Martell. By the way, Tate Martell was in uniform. He is cleared medically now from that thumb surgery. He was throwing on the field. So I would assume he has a chance to get in the mix now. Here's the deal with uh, Brumfield. So as you heard, he stayed behind in Phoenix. Um, Upper body injury. I was told not a concussion from sources. Not a concussion. So if it was a concussion, I think he'd be a long shot to play this week. But I do know he was in quite a bit of pain and he's after the game. He's a freaking tough kid. I wonder what you do for this game, Candy. Like if he's 70%, do you risk it? What's the backup plan? Um, If they can't play him, I would love to see what Cameron Friedel can do. Justin Rogers has got to, I mean, put it simply, he's got to pick up the pace. It's just when he goes in, everything gets sluggish.
1: So I have to read a little bit between the lines here and the fact that Doug Broomfield had to stay behind. Yeah. You have to wonder why, right? I'm not, you know, I'm not a doctor nor do I play one here on the radio, but if we're talking about a situation where he wasn't fit to fly, then I think we have reasonable questions as to why you would throw him out there this week. Um, right now... You have to understand that this program is 0-8 under Marcus Arroyo, 0-2 overall, going against the team that came into last week, ranked in the top 10. And so if that's the case, are you realistically going to compete and win this game this week? Probably not. And so in that case, shouldn't you be thinking about the long-term health of Doug Broomfield, who seems to have proven through a game and a half, not even a full game and a half really, uh, through the time that he's had through two games, that he's shown enough promise that you want to see what he can do the rest of the year. But if he's seventy percent, as you said, and he's going out there against an Iowa State team that might drill him even farther into the ground, you're probably setting back your future of your program when you don't need to.
2: Yeah, and I'm I'm guessing at seventy percent. I have I don't know, I don't know. That that's speculation, but. Hey, right now he's listed as the one on the depth chart. Rodgers is the two. They said they would get an update on him later today, tomorrow, to see where he is. So we'll see what the quarterback situation is for UNLV. As far as other uh, injuries, it does look like uh, their backup running back, to Charles Williams, who so they tried to get some reps to, and they got some reps late. And of course, you know, you get the bad break late. Um, Javon Wilson, the transfer from Oregon. Um, maybe out this game. Maggie Archad Maggie is Arch listed as the two at running back behind Charles Williams, so that means you could see more Courtney Reese as well, more of a pass catcher out of the backfield, but he can run a little bit. You know, kind of built in the same mold as uh, Lexington Thomas. So we'll see what the injury status is. We're not going to find out until later in the week if uh, Brumfield is good to go. So you got to give me your take on the the game of the weekend, and boy, go figure. I think it may have been uh, one of like two or three games that I got right, and I got a, ro- uh, a lot wrong. How about Oregon not only covering, but taking down Ohio State?
1: So there were a few things to take out of this game. First of all, I don't like to make it all about one game, but Mario Cristobal taking that team to the shoe. I don't care that it's a redshirt freshman at quarterback for Ohio State. I care about the fact that the Pac-12 has been abysmal, not only this year, but going against Power 5 teams for years on end, and they went into a full shoe in Columbus and beat Ohio State. That is something that needs to be celebrated. Mario Cristobal did Yeomans work with that team. The second thing that I think you have to mention is that Oregon had no Kayvon Thibodeau in this game. Probably going to be the number one pick in the draft. And they held up I mean don't get me wrong when the other team racks up 600 plus yards you didn't exactly do everything you needed to do but they did the job in the moments that they absolutely had to against Ohio State and I have concerns about the Ohio State defense man because Oregon uh, they ran a couple of plays over and over and over again Ohio State never adjusted uh, in that game so you know, ultimately, I'm not overrating Oregon. I, I think that they, you know, this was this was the right moment at the right time, but impressive nonetheless.
2: I do like the overreaction. Instead of a, well, I mean, some people do this, but many people, the overreacting narrative is Ohio State ain't that good, and there's not a lot of pats on the back for Oregon. Um, now I'm going to say something. I'll start out with this. It's not the end of the world for either, for especially Ohio State. Right. Um, But I also think there's enough balance in college football this year. And maybe that even applies to Alabama that I don't think Oregon or Ohio State will finish the season with less than two losses.
1: No, I can see where you're coming from on that. I mean, look, Brown, a quarterback for Oregon is fine. Good enough. Right. I like
2: I like the way you put that. Fine.
1: Yeah. He's not going to hurt you. Um, you know, uh, he, he certainly will not be the problem for Oregon, and I think we've seen pretty clearly that the Pac-12 is there for the taking this year, but that being said, how many times have we seen it with a Pac-12 team where you get that big win, and the next time they come back in, you get the letdown performance, you go up to, you know, you go up to Pullman. And lose to washington state or something along those lines so you can't overreact one way or the other but if you're gonna overreact i'm gonna overreact on oregon getting this done not about ohio state failing in this spot because in the end look cj stroud wasn't good enough right cj stroud was not up to the task ultimately but the talent around him my god this is the first time that i've watched 60 full minutes of chris Olave. that dude is insane he is by far the best receiver in the country And Garrett Wilson might not be far behind, and neither of the two of them were really the standouts on the day. Yeah.
2: Well, when you get these receivers who, yeah, they can beat opposing defenses deep, but also the catch and run ability where you can just throw a freaking five, eight yard out, and all of a sudden you're like, oh, my God, you may go. That's a difference maker. That's crazy in terms of their talent. So uh, any other thing to remember, and I'll probably do this rant again in the 5 o'clock hour. We're going to hit on a few more of the college games uh, it's a long season, just like in the NFL. Everything is not written in stone in the first two weeks, and especially with college kids, Candy. Uh, some get better, some get worse, but teams get better. Units get better. They all watch film. They all make adjustments, so nothing is set yet. And, uh, and again, back to my point, I think the Pac-12 is deep, and I think Oregon is going to find some rough patches here and there, and I think there's going to be a team in the Big Ten that will beat Ohio State. And I tried to tell everyone before the season – Maybe Bryce Young is the outlier. But when these power schools, many of them have new guys at quarterback, just because last year's guy was great doesn't mean this year's guy is a guarantee.
0: Join the conversation on Twitter at ESPN Las Vegas. It's Cofield and Company's eye on sports gambling.
4: I'm gonna kill your bookmaker. I'm gonna rip his throat out. I will step on his throat until the man chokes. Let me
1: tell you how. Winners, 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 winners. Free, 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 free.
2: All right, rolling on here on this Monday. We're getting ready for Monday Night Football. We're going to talk to a mid-major Matt in just a minute here. You know, it's funny we played that promo talking about uh, snippet from the show last week. I was talking about uh, fast food in restaurant dining experiences, Candy, and you said you're you're you could take them or leave them at this point. When I was on the road in Tempe, uh, there was a Del Taco within walking distance. I'm like. Here we go. Let me go walk over, get a nutritious breakfast at the Dell. I slog the six-tenths of a mile, a little sweaty. I get there. Oh, boy. Dining room closed. Dining room closed. I
1: tried to set you on a better path, Kofi.
2: I know. You told me. They're closing them all, and I still decided to walk. It was an arduous journey for me.
1: And how did you do on the tenths of a mile back? That sounds really uh, harrowing. If you didn't have any food in your stomach,
2: uh, the great point was, or the great part was, I got a hot coffee at a convenience store next door, mm. and uh, it didn't cool me down. It's weird. Yeah,
1: yeah scalding hot uh, coffee. Yeah, I mean, kind of the opposite of milk was a bad choice.
2: You yes, <laughs> you think I learned my lesson? Um, making bets on social media should be a lesson that I've I've learned from. They don't always work out. Uh, Mid Major Matt is with us handicapper he and i uh laid down a little challenge with the eagles and the raiders win total and uh-oh uh-oh i'm on the Raiders side he's on the eagle side
4: matt good start yeah good start although i heard your co-host uh say the eagle defense wasn't very good way back in the first segment i couldn't disagree with that more candy what'd you say
1: um i said that i do not believe that. The Eagles defense will be great this year. Um, make, Make your point for me and don't use the corpse of Matt Ryan to do it.
4: No, it's, they have one of the best defensive lines in the league. I mean, when you look at Javon Hargrave and you look at Brandon Graham and, and uh, Fletcher Cox and all those guys, they got a lot of pressure on the Falcons without even blitzing anybody. And picking up a legit corner in Steven Nelson as a number two, along with Darius Slay. Um, I, and plus, I love this Jonathan Gannon. I think the Eagles defense is going to be a top ten defense in this league this year.
2: Did you grab the Eagles as the long shot for the division before the season? Because you, uh, you could get them, what, probably 6-7, 8-1 at some places.
4: I mean, of course I did. It was my homer pick. I do it every year. I'm like the Cubs nice. fan who always thinks they're going to win the World Series. I mean, even nice. if I don't think it's going to happen, i got to place a bet on it.
2: All right, so give me your take on why you think the Eagles will win more games than the Raiders.
4: Well, I mean, I'm just not high on the Raiders. I don't think their defense is very good. Um, I'm so sad to hear about Cleveland Furl because uh, I'm in the Richmond area, and obviously we watched this kid play in high school. And I feel so bad for him because he got drafted – so high, there's such expectations on him that he's probably never going to live up to those expectations. So, I feel bad that if he was drafted where he was supposed to, things would be completely different for him. But I just don't think the Raiders' defense is very good. I'm not a car guy. I don't think he's a great uh, quarterback. I had Jacob last year as my fancy running back, and I was very disappointed in what he did because he's good for the short yardage stuff. Um, I think Kenyon Drake's going to be a good pickup for you guys. I think he's going to be a guy who gets at least you know six or seven touches a game um, and I just don't believe in that offense. I think the home field's the best thing you got, and guess what? When Philly comes down there in a bunch of weeks, it's going to sound like an Eagles home game, I think.
2: There's going to be a lot of Eagles fans here, no doubt. Uh, give me the good and the bad betting watch for you on NFL Sunday.
4: Well, uh, I mean, taking the Texans was, was a gift, I felt like, because why should a rookie quarterback and a rookie head coach be, be favored on the road? Now, look, I'm uh, one of the card-carrying members of the Tyrod Taylor fan club, um i'm just i'm a believer in the guy i think he's a legit you know quarterback in this league and i think it's good that he's finally getting the opportunity and there's some decent weapons on that offense and who the heck's on the Jacksonville defense so that was one of the better picks um i was you know slightly off i had washington i drank the aid with washington uh you know the ryan fitzpatrick the chest hair all that stuff you know the guy that has the swagger that i watched when they were at training camp here in town, and uh, obviously he gets hurt, and Taylor Heineke he comes in, and the defense that's supposed to be all world lets them go twelve at seventeen on um, third down, very disappointing. Now they could potentially spare an zero two if you think the Giants can go in there and win on Thursday night.
2: Same thing for college football. What was the good for you and the bad for you?
4: Um, I would say for college football, I mean, I was very disappointed in. I mean, I, you know, look. The good was taking and fading Navy. I mean, Navy's offense is just absolutely atrocious, and it really shows how good you have to have at quarterback when it comes to these triple options because you just have to be able to run it. I mean, if you have a quarterback who can't do the simple things when it comes to triple option, everything breaks down, and Navy's tried several different options. The team total for them was 17 points. I thought that was a gift because there was no way. They could play 12 quarters, and they wouldn't have scored 17 points on Air Force. And, you know, obviously I might have put a little bit on my alma mater against your alma mater, and uh, the coach is uh, not a smart man, and your alma mater, I guess, is decent this year. I didn't realize you had football. But, hey, you're, you're 2-0, and <laughs> so uh, congratulations to your Scarlet Knights.
2: <laughs> we'll relay the message to the crowd here in Vegas. It was Rutgers and Syracuse. So uh, not a pretty game, but Rutgers a little more stout on the line, so they got the job done. All right, uh, before we get to NFL look ahead and some college look ahead with mid-major Matt, uh, did you bet tonight's game? Ravens now are three and a half against the Raiders.
4: Yeah, I did. Well, I did more from the props angle. I'm more of a props guy. I didn't love anything tonight per se. Um, the Lamar Jackson anytime rushing touchdown is something you pretty much always have to take with him, uh, you know. And it was a reasonable price depending upon what book you use. Um, I also took my, you know, my guy Justin Tucker. I feel like the the Raiders defense may slow them down, but it's a dome. So Justin Tucker's range is almost from midfield. I took over seven and a half points for him. And one online sports book just put up some Kenyon Drake stuff. So I took over two and a half receptions and uh, over forty-six and a half rushing and receiving yards. I just think he's going to be busy tonight because if they're behind, he's the Jalen Richard tonight for uh, for the Raiders. Uh, overreaction spot. We'll see if it is. Denver's laying
2: six at Jacksonville. You just talked about liking the Texans against Jacksonville. What about the bounce back for the Jags? And is this too much? Broncos, six on the road?
4: Yeah, it's a lot. I mean, and I think what's going to happen this year is Jacksonville and Houston are going to get some spot victories. I just think there's going to be some times where people get lazy. They go down to Jacksonville. They think they're going to win. They roll the footballs out. And Trevor Lawrence just happens to have a good game. I, somebody needs to tell Urban Meyer that uh, James Robinson's a good running back. I mean, to have Carlos Hyde have more touches than James Robinson is atrocious. This could be a crime. Um, six is a lot. And I actually see a six-and-a-half po- poking out there. Um, I might actually wait a little bit. I don't think there's going to be any more value. But, yeah, Jacksonville plus six is definitely on my radar for Sunday.
2: Is KC Baltimore on your radar, the Chiefs are three?
4: Well, I think it has, it, it, you definitely have to see what happens tonight. I mean, it's hard to make a bet. If you're like. If you going to make the bet on that game on Sunday, you like KC. Because if Baltimore looks really good, then Baltimore money is going to start coming in. Um and so I just can't make a bet on a game before the actual Monday night game. I mean, if Baltimore looks really good, then that's going to affect things here. If Baltimore looks like crap, then you're going to have the bounce back factor because they're not going to go 0-2 to start the season. and I know it's Kansas City, and Kansas City has seemingly had their number lately, but it's hard to bet on a game coming up without having actually watched Baltimore's first game. What if Lamar Jackson gets hurt tonight? Then things certainly change for that matchup.
2: Do you think Green Bay bounces back with an absolute decimation of the Lions, laying 10 and a half?
4: I do. I think the Lions stuff got over because the 49ers got bored towards the end of the, of the game and there was those onside kicks and things. I just think Green Bay is going to wake up. They're going to realize it's Detroit. Detroit's defense was very bad. They gave up 41 points. The better play there potentially is, uh, you know, the Green Bay team total over. You know, sometimes you don't have to necessarily play the sides or the totals, but you could still play the team. So if you don't think Green Bay is going to cover the 10-and-a-half, they're going to score 30 points probably. So maybe you go look at the team total over. Detroit's defense, which also lost Jeffrey Okuda due to the Achilles injury for the season, they're going to have nobody to cover Devontae Adams. So I would look potentially at, like, a Green Bay team total over in that one.
2: Matt, where's the best spot for people to uh, find your stuff?
4: Uh, you can find me at sportsmemo.com on the uh, sister site of uh, wagertalk.com with, with Dave Coken, And uh, you can find my stuff there. Follow me on Twitter at MidMajorMats.
2: Uh, before we get you out of here, give me a, a snitch or two that you're looking at already on the college board.
4: Um, I would say, look, the Boston College-Temple game is interesting because Boston College just lost their quarterback. They just lost their kicker. Temple showed a little bit of a pulse in their game against Akron. Now, look, I know it's Akron, and I know they look good, and everybody looks good against Akron, but 16 on the road. Uh, once again, another sleepy atmosphere. There won't be a ton of fans there, although my dad will be. He's a season ticket holder. I just think that's a lot of points for a BC team that may just be trying to get out of there with a the victory and move on to the serious part of their schedule.
2: Believe it or not, I actually bet Akron against Temple because their starting quarterback was down, but they have a true freshman who played pretty well uh, again, for Temple against Akron.
4: Uh, Joey Lynch, yes, that's uh, the brother of the Lynch who used to play for Rod Carey at Northern Illinois, and that, he didn't yep. look bad. It's just uh, once against Akron, and that's you know everybody looks good against them. Uh, the big game
2: of the week, at least you know from a historic standpoint, woo, twenty-two Oklahoma against Nebraska.
4: I mean, Nebraska's a carcass right now. I mean, look, they look good against Buffalo. Thank goodness for Nebraska fans. But I mean, Oklahoma is one of those teams that's not forgiving, and they're going to keep scoring, and they're going to keep scoring. I think Nebraska could put up a couple of points there. Maybe the over is a good way to play it there. I know it's 61-and-a-half, 62 or so. I think the over could be a way to go, um, especially because Oklahoma is very capable of scoring 50, and you know that there's no long loss between those two teams.
2: Matt, we'll talk to you again as we track this uh, Raiders against Eagles head to head win bet. Sounds good. I'll see you. I was going to say good luck, but no, no no, good luck. I need to win the bet. Yes, you do. Yes. See you, Matt. See you. There he is, wagertalk.com, also a sports memo, mid-major Matt. We were uh, John a little bit last week. I was like, yeah, let's have him on on Monday. We'll talk a little bit about some college football, and uh, he goes pretty deep on some of those picks. All right. Monday Night Football is right around the corner, about 20 minutes away. Uh, the guys are up on the big screens all over here by the way 75 tvs inside i'm um, that i went around and counted them 75 inside nine on the patio maybe not the best day for the patio but you can sit on the patio it'll get cooler as the sun goes down that's how it works right i don't have to explain that to you draft beers less than four bucks appetizers two dollars four dollars six dollars regular app menu as well great spot super cold beer lots of other specials beyond that uh Terramana Tequila special, Medello special, Twin Peaks, good local spot in Cofield and Company's home for Monday night football. Still a few
0: tables left. Come on down and watch a game with us. Cofield and Company will be back in minutes right here on ESPN Las Vegas.